Hi, my name is Jennifer Muldowney, aka The Glam Reaper, and I'm super excited to finally bring The Glam Reaper podcast to your ears and your eyes on YouTube. This show will focus on stories about love, life and loss, and will also have a massive input from the funeral world, since that is the world I live in. Without further ado, please let me welcome this episode's guest, Alison Gilbert, who is a guru at grief and how to deal with it. So let's get into it. Welcoming Alison um, to the show. Alison is an incredible author and journalist. Alison, how many books is it now? Oh, you are so sweet. I've written four and I'm working on number five. Oh my God. I mean, as a, as a writer myself, I just, I know the heartache and the strength it takes to write each of these books. And it is just such an incredible tribute to you and your determination in what will evolve into us discussing this topic later today. As you know, in the Glam Reaper, we talk about love, life and loss, of which you have experience of all three. Um, and so what I want Alison to do is give us a little bit of a backstory as to why you were on this podcast and how you and I came to know each other and um, the journey you've been on. Well, sure. I would say I come to this conversation, uh, one, as a friend. I just so enjoy getting to know you over these years, and we can get into that, you know, for sure. Um, But I come to this conversation from two different pieces of my background. One is the personal, and the other one is the professional. And one really informs the other. From a personal standpoint, I've had my own losses. I've lost both of my parents relatively young. I was a young adult when both of them passed away separately, but within a few years of each other. So I really started my young adult life, my career, getting married, having children without them there as my tether and as my guidepost. And so I really do understand what it's like to face moving forward professionally and also in my personal life without the two people who, of course, I wish I could share that and all of those experiences with. And then professionally, I've been a journalist for years. I now write occasionally for the New York Times. I have written for many magazines and newspapers. I've reported and been a producer at CNN and MSNBC. And so I wanted to use all of my reporting skills and all of my research skills to start writing and researching and really telling the story about loss and grief, but really almost as important as those is the resilience piece and how we can keep the memory of our loved ones alive. Absolutely. And so one of many things that I so admire about you, Alison, and what you bring to the table is Well, first of all, I'm extremely lucky. I still have both my parents. And so whenever I meet somebody who, and obviously in what I do, I on a daily basis meet people who have lost their parents or are currently going through it. It always breaks my heart that I, that you didn't have what I have still today. And so I can only imagine going through those absolutely epic moments of having children and getting married and I don't have children I haven't uh, gotten married so you know there's still that there but anyway it's what you've taken from your loss and you've taken from your so your personal and your professional as you said and you've molded them together 
you know, you just said you've written four books You've on, on your fifth. Tell us about your books and what each one of them, I mean, I have a couple of them here, and what each one of them brings and gives back out into the world. Because you really took your grief and you shaped it and and put it in a, in a productive. Yeah, I would say all of the books really explore and really strip away any of the pleasantries around grief. So if you want a straight shooter, if you want an author who's going to kind of tell you the way it is, I would say my books are meant for you. If you want platitudes, if you want poetry or psalms or blessings or something that feels a little bit more there, there, pat you on the back, it'll be okay. That's really not where I'm coming from. So the first couple of books have been about the experience of, well, what does it mean to move forward without your mom and dad there as your guide? What does it do to you to be ripped open in such a way? And how does it impact the way you go into a marriage? How it impacts your relationships with your spouse? Maybe it's your feelings of mortality and how that really translates to how you actually raise your own children and levels of anxiety that you may or may not experience because of your loss exposure at whatever age you were. And so now because of COVID-19, I've really started using that breath of work and I've pivoted and I've developed these four new e-courses that are all on demand because I wanted to amplify what I was doing. I didn't want to just rest on my laurels of these books. Of course, I have a blog too, but it's the e-courses that I feel that are really in response to this moment that we are in right now. And I wanted to be accessible to as many people as I possibly could, because before COVID, you know, I would speak around the country, I would travel, I would get on planes and I would speak to a group. And while that was incredibly satisfying, and I love that work, there's something even just different and richer and just extraordinary about what we're doing right now, right, Jennifer? Like we're doing a podcast, we're conducting this with technology and you can meet a lot more people where they are, even if they are home by doing the kind of work that you and I are both doing right now during this pandemic. And so I feel very fortunate to have been able to pivot and add to my work, not just the writing of articles or essays or books, but now doing these e-courses. You actually hit on an incredible topic there and one that I've actually had with other guests, which is for the subject that we're talking about, whether it's funerals, loss, death, grief, whatever in that particular realm and that part of what we're talking about today, it's fascinating because the Zooms, the Google Meets, the e-courses, the FaceTimes, the different technology we're using, I actually feel in, in a weird way is allowing people, as you just said, to meet them where they're at. When I've been interviewed, that's one of my skill sets as a memorial planner is when I walk in to meet a family, I'm not going to wear a solemn Adams family sort of a, you know, <laughs> kind of a, I'm so sorry for your loss and speak in a tone. Yeah. That's what I bring to the party as such. It's, I meet them where they're at. Do they want to have a bit of humor? Do they want to talk about mom and dad and the romance that they had? Do they want to, what do they want? Like you have to meet them where at, where they're at. And that's the compassion in the job. 
And so what's interesting about COVID-19, and you literally just hit it on the head, was that we can meet people where they're at in their own time. So I'm talking from my home here in Queens in New York to your home in New York. I've got an iced coffee beside me. You know, I have my my comfy tracksuit bottoms on, I'm not gonna lie, I have a lovely cardigan. All of that wouldn't be possible now you and I are professionally having this conversation, right? And so that's that's fine. But when you're talking about grief and therapy and all of these things, honestly, comfort is a huge part of it and making sure you feel safe and trusted and in an environment that is trusting. So having on your pajamas or having your favorite mug of hot chocolate or, or coffee can sometimes make that better. And um, we had one guest who she trained to be a death doula in COVID-19 and it was something she always wanted to do. She said that she actually felt 20 times more safe and happy to do it because she was able to do it from her home and didn't have to travel to New Jersey. She had a thing against New Jersey anyway, so that was the whole thing, but it was more comfortable for her. She probably brought more to the table, I think probably, because she was able to show up in her way. And I think that's key. Um, the courses that you're doing, describe to me a little bit about them as to what's going on with them or what. And obviously we're going to put all your information so that people can have access to it, alisongilbert.com. But tell us a little bit about the courses and what people would expect from them. Well, you were just talking about how, as we're saying goodbye, is so different these days. And what you do, Jennifer, is meet families where they are. One of the courses, what really put me in the direction of developing these on-demand courses, and if people want to find out more about them, it's alisongilbert.com slash courses. But the first one that developed during COVID-19 is literally about how to make virtual memorials because of course so many families have been forced to design and create and organize these unprecedented ways of saying goodbye where you can't be either with the person who you are losing because of COVID-19 but also for the purposes of the course you can't even gather together as a family in the ways that you may want to, to derive comfort because of the pandemic. And so the How to Organize Virtual Memorial gives anyone who joins this course the exact tools they need to design, create, organize the kind of memorial that will really honor your loved one the way you would have if it wasn't COVID-19. I think sometimes a Zoom doesn't feel like it cuts it. You know, you don't feel like you're honoring your loved one the way he or she deserves. And so I give you strategies. I offer opportunities to do things in a far more creative, I mean, you're creative, Jennifer, in a far more creative way that can really actually bring a level of intimacy that may seem surprising given the fact that it's virtual. So there are lots of ideas to make it feel more of that one-on-one -on -one connection that you might have had if you had a traditional wake or a traditional shiva or visitation hours. I walk you through how to make this feel a lot more intimate. So that's just one of the courses and there's three others. 
Okay. When you say courses, are they a four week course? Is it, do you download everything right now? And is it a list of 10 ways to do it or just to give people a bit of a, an idea of structure? Cause course. yeah, of course. Yeah. I think because of their both, they're all grief related. I've made them very short. Nothing is weeks long. It is literally, they're all less than one hour. They're all on demand. They all come with free downloadable resources that'll help you do whatever is the topic that we are discussing. You can get one course, two courses, or get all four, you know, like whatever people want, they can cherry pick. Um, the other courses that I'm doing, one is about anxiety and grief. And so if you are really struggling right now, and so many people are, if you want to learn more about the connectedness between grief and anxiety and really learn the top tips, tools, strategies, books, podcasts, meditations, you know, things that you can do to really bring down the level of anxious thinking that you may be having right now. Even the apps that I think are must have right now and that are free. These are all the downloads that are available with the course. And again, it's all less than 45 minutes of video content and there it's on demand. So if you're up and you can't sleep and you want to watch it at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, that's totally fine. If you want to watch it in the morning while maybe you have kids and they're finally in their Zoom class for school, if you only have that amount of time, then watch it during the day. That's why I made them on demand and they're one-shot deals. So you don't have to feel like you're in a sustained relationship with these courses, which I think is really, really important to do. So we have a virtual memorials course. We have a grief and anxiety course again both less than you know an hour and the last two courses i am really super excited about and i don't think there are these courses anywhere jennifer and it's really about how to get some agency back in your life if you feel powerless when it comes to loss and of course that is how so many of us feel loss is out of our control so what can you control you can control how you remember your loved ones. And so those two courses that I am about to mention are all about that, how to celebrate your loved one, how to keep their memory alive. One course is about objects and heirlooms. So those sentimental possessions that you have, how to organize them, what to keep, what to give away, what to donate. And if you do choose to hang on to many of them, what can you do with them to make them give you more joy, make you happier? How can you transform these objects into your current life? So that's one course about objects and heirlooms. And the other one is called Photos and More. We all have old photographs, scrapbooks, 35 millimeter slides, old home movies, VHS tapes. You get the idea. What can you do? In addition to digitizing them, what else can you do so they can really spark the opportunity to talk about your loved one and say their name out loud? So all these opportunities, the photos and more course, and also the objects and heirlooms course, they're all about keeping your loved ones with you, staying connected. 
Alison, to me, that's sort of what brought, brought our paths together. You're like, I was just laughing there because you actually hit what I was going to say. You're like the renowned Marie Kondo, but for loss objects, you know, for grief and for Yeah, memory. I love her. I love Marie yeah. Kondo. Oh my God, yeah. she is so fantastic. And I love that. I'm the Marie Kondo of yeah. grief and loss. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to quote you. <laughs> there you go. The Glam Reaper. You heard it here first. Great. Oh yeah. my God. I love that. It, but it's true because, you know, I regularly will get asked sort of, well, what do I do with their photos or I have so much stuff and I've been privy to be in incredible homes as you know, I work uh, with the funeral home on the Upper East Side. And so I've been in some of the most magnificent homes and the amount of stuff that they have. And it's, it's just sitting around and, and uh, you know, it is a difficult thing to ask families to go through their mother or their father's stuff. Let's just call it what it is, stuff. We all have so much stuff. And while Marie Kondo's, you know, telling us while we're alive to keep the objects that bring us joy, Alison Gilbert is saying, well, once we've passed on, also what brings us joy because either way you know and we are going to have a feng shui expert on the on the podcast which i'm super excited about because all of that whether you believe it or not i do believe all our objects in our home contribute to our moods every day we don't even have to go airy fairy talking about energies and things right now but it does it bring i am so attached to my family and my mum is my best friend and she sends me a card she only you know yesterday I got some of my soup sauces in the post with a bar of Irish chocolate and a note card and you know every time she sends me one of those I put it up and it's it gives me joy every time I see it because I feel her love and um, it is it's small things like that I Covid really taught me how items in my home because we're all stuck in our homes right now um most of us anyway and so i was very lucky for my birthday my parents bought me an espresso machine every time i have a coffee allison i think of my parents and i love that it is it's a beautiful thing and again we kind of we touch on this i don't want to talk about it or you know but if, when my parents do pass away which is inevitable and as they would say hopefully before i do I will always have a coffee and think of them with that machine. It's like, there are incredible things that we attach to certain people. And I know this from my cremation jewelry blind, that one of the resounding testimonials I get on a regular basis is that it's not for everybody, but having some of our loved ones ashes around our neck or on our physical being can help us move through difficult times just make them feel their presence fe felt i mean i have one of your books the past and present book that goes into all of this and so i know that was how we sort of our paths crossed and i think it's incredible i mean <laughs> the marie kundo of memory but it's it's something that you're you're renowned for and you've you've really carved yourself a space in in that it's it's incredible and it's something that i don't think people think about like as a memorial planner that's not a funeral director i also know that i'm something people don't know and don't necessarily understand and a death doula is something people don't necessarily know about and understand and what i want to do with this podcast is open up this whole area of life love and loss that there is so much and so many beautiful caring souls out there that have created these spaces to help us grieve more, love more, and live our life more. 
like fully really that's what this is all about and so I don't know what it's like to be you. I don't know what it was like to lose your mother or your father. I don't know what it's like to wake up every morning and see items around your home that remind you of them. Each person grieves completely differently and I think what you do is you allow, you give people that space to figure that out for themselves and really connect with objects in their environment and and attached to it in a in a nice healthy moving forward way and it is interesting there's a lot of people coming out in this space at the moment and i think you're pretty close with one of them hope edelman she wrote a beautiful book motherless daughters yes so she's absolutely making waves in the her has been in the the grieving space the modern loss gang as i call them they're another group there's just so many people coming forward and talking about grief in an open way which is just fantastic what do you see as the future in what you're doing right now and this general grief space where all these incredible women are coming forward and sort of opening it up for people to give people permission well, I think the biggest initiative underway right now is that there is a growing movement underfoot that is very urgent, which is to get behind the first ever White House Office of Bereavement Care. So there is a movement right now in Washington and around the world to approach and push the incoming Biden administration to really establish what will be the first ever White House Office of Bereavement Care. As the movement likes to talk about, bereavement care, how we get those services, who has access to them, who knows about them, that system is broken. And so how can we work together? All of the authors, all of the speakers, all of the academics, anyone who is invested and really believes that there needs to be some sort of system, a federal system where we can kind of marshal all these assets and resources and bring them to bear to individuals and families who need them. That is what's going on right now. And so I am very proud to be involved with that movement. I'm lending all of my energy and all of my support to making sure that it has a fighting chance. I think it does. And I would welcome all of your readers to learn more and get involved. There's a petition online. The nonprofit that's behind the initiative is called Evermore. So if you Google Evermore grief support, you know, Evermore Evermore White House Office of Bereavement Care, you will find the petition. Sign your name and let your voice be heard. And so I feel like the time could not be better for this. And I am just really honored to be a part of the movement. That's absolutely incredible. And I do, I think it has a lot of potential now, especially with the current president who's coming forward with his own experience with bereavement i definitely think we're going to see that impact his presidential time in in the office it's definitely something that should have resources lent to it and i think with covid i read there recently that I was just about to say it and and i'm speaking to the right person 9-11 was such an iconic moment in history in, in american history and the world Three thousand lives Absolutely, it got the weight of the world behind it, the grief, the support, and yet 
we're still counting the amount of casualties and tragedies from COVID-19 and it's just gone beyond. The fact that we are not addressing the grief for that and yet we do for the likes of 9-11 is absolutely needs to be addressed and it's incredible and we'll put all the links in forevermore and everything that people can add their name to it because it definitely it needs to have it's it should have its own official office it's an official part of being a human being being an, an american you know it's grief has been i think probably one of the most felt emotions in 2020. Yeah, and I think a lot of the healing power from grief, even if you're anticipating a loss, even if your loved one is going to die next week, and you know they are really at the end of their life, that doesn't mean that the actual loss is going to be easier because you anticipate it. What it means is that you still have that same sense of powerlessness because the end moment is always unknown. You don't know exactly when that loss will occur. And the powerlessness is really the opportunity for the pivot. So how do you replace being powerless with having a new sense of agency. And for me, what I believe is that you regain power after loss by choosing, by making the decision to keep the memory of your loved one alive. Now, no one, here's the trick, Jennifer, no one is going to do that part for you. When loss is new, and when you encounter, let's say, a funeral director or anyone else in your life who may want to support you in your time of loss, in that moment, you're kind of allowed to be passive. People come to you with the support when loss is fresh, when loss is brand new. What happens later is that the work of remembering it cannot allow you to be passive. No one is going to do the work of commemorating and keeping your loved one's memory alive. No one can do it except you. But we don't have the tools and we don't have the resources. And that's why I wrote the book, Past and Present, Keeping Memories of Loved Ones Alive. That's why I wrote 85 different ideas in past and present, keeping memories of loved ones alive, because who knows how to do this work? Yes, of course, you can go to a cemetery. Yes, of course, you might want to distribute the ashes. And you can, of course, do those things. And those are wonderful opportunities. What I am talking about is what comes after. It's the and, A-N-D. What else can we do? And what else can we add to our toolbox to make sure that our memories are actually 
you know, not only validated, but heightened. And so that's why I have put together these brand new on-demand e-courses. That's why I wrote, I've written the books. You know, I believe so heartily because of my own personal experience, having lost my mom and dad, I want my kids to know who their maternal grandparents are. And I say are, by the way, with great intention also. Just because my parents are gone doesn't mean they have stopped being my children's maternal grandparents. And so I work very hard to make sure that my children have a relationship and know about the maternal grandparents they never got to meet. And so this is my work, this is my passion. Uh, that's why I put together these on-demand e-courses. I just love helping people solidify these bonds. It's really important. It absolutely is. And you hit on something there that I think is a whole other podcast, which is that words can, can really mean a lot whether it's our or they, you know, they are the maternal grandparents or, and so words and the spoken word can especially be, be quite, quite important. So just to wrap it up, so we're going to leave all the information and all the links, the podcast, give us maybe two things that you think are essential to a virtual memorial and maybe two things that you are essential to maybe keeping memories alive. Or even if it's not essential, because they're probably all essential, depending on who you are, maybe two of your favorite virtual memorial things and your favorite ways to keep memories alive. Okay, if I don't remember everything, then I'll do my best. So number okay. one with virtual memorial is that you don't just get one bite at the apple. Don't think that because you have one virtual memorial, if you can't get it done the way you want it done, it doesn't mean you're one and done. You can have part A now, meaning virtual memorial now that kind of serves this moment, but then you have the opportunity for plan B, which is to do something again after COVID-19 in person. So that's number one, take away the pressure. Um, and then in terms of your other comment, which is like a great way to remember a loved one, I would just say this, this is completely free and especially relevant if you have kids. We mentioned that I have kids before, so I'm kind of in that frame of mind. When I talk to my children about their grandparents, I never say, as far as I can help it, my mom or my dad. I try really hard to orient the conversation around them. So I say, your grandma or your grandpa. This little phrasing shift helps my children have a relationship independent of me with their grandparents because children learn when the stories revolve around them and that's not a slight to any child it's just they want to know why is it important to them so your grandma your grandpa that's free it's just word choice and so those are my top two recommendations right now for the e-course about virtual memorials which we were talking about earlier i have three others please check them out allisongilbert.com courses slash courses i would love to see you there and um, again just a change of words, you know, your grandma, your grandpa, keep that in mind. I think it's a great and obviously 100% free opportunity.
Thank you so much for listening to the Glam Reaper podcast. It has been something I've been working on and muddling with for over two years now, so I appreciate your time to listen in. Every episode will have a new guest we hope you will find interesting as they tell their own story. So stay tuned for the next episode or have a look through the Glam Reaper episode collection. Find your nugget of gold as we talk all things life, love and loss with a dash from the funeral world. Until next time.